Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Thursday, September 7th, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I, of course, want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, no specific topics, and no specific categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, and each day gets progressively harder. So today is, of course, Thursday, which means that today will be relatively challenging. If, however, you find this episode to be a bit too challenging for your taste, I encourage you to listen to it anyway. In fact, I encourage you to check in tomorrow on Friday. Listen to that one as well. You never know, you might surprise yourself. You might know the answer to some challenging questions, and you might even learn something along the way. If, however, this Thursday episode is a bit too simple for your taste, well, check in tomorrow on Friday when it's the hardest day of the week. So, without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. In what year was the company Netflix created? And that year was 1997. Netflix Inc. is an American media company based in Los Gatos, California. Founded in 1997 by Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph in Scotts Valley, California, it operates the over-the-top subscription video-on-demand service Netflix brand, which includes original films and television series commissioned or acquired by the company and third-party content licensed from other distributors. Netflix initially both sold and rented DVDs by mail, but the sales were eliminated within a year to focus on the DVD rental business. In 2007, Netflix introduced streaming media and video on demand. Now, currently, the company is ranked 117th on the Fortune 500 list and 219th on the Forbes Global 2000 list. I was actually quite surprised to learn that it was founded that long ago, because once again, that was in 1997, a good 26 years ago. Moving on to question number two. In the sport of polo, how many players are typically on each team during a standard match? And the answer there is four. There are four players on each team. Polo is a ball game played on horseback, a traditional field sport and one of the world's oldest known team sports. The game is played by two opposing teams with the objective of scoring using a long-handled wooden mallet to hit a hard, small ball through the opposing team's goal. Each team has four mounted riders, and the game usually lasts one to two hours. Polo has been called the sport of kings and has become a spectator sport for equestrians and high society, often supported by sponsorship. The progenitor of polo and its variants existed from the 6th century BC to the 1st century AD as an equestrian game played by the nomadic Iranian and Turkic peoples. Now, in researching a little bit for this question, I actually went ahead and I watched a little bit of polo, which, truth be told, I don't think I've ever actually watched the game being played. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend checking it out. It's it's pretty interesting. It's kind of kind of funny, kind of 
it looks hard. I'll put it that way. It looks very challenging. Um, but that's all four people out there on each team. Total of eight. Question number three. Svalbard is an archipelago located in the Arctic Ocean. Which country has sovereignty over Svalbard? And that country is Norway. Svalbard is a Norwegian archipelago in the Arctic Ocean, north of mainland Europe. It lies about midway between the northern coast of Norway and the North Pole. The islands of the group range from 74 degrees to 81 degrees north latitude and from 10 degrees to 35 degrees east longitude. The largest settlement is Longyearbyen on the west coast of the largest island, Spitsbergen. Whalers who sailed far north in the 17th and 18th centuries used the islands as a base, and subsequently the archipelago was later abandoned once whaling kind of went away. Coal mining started at the beginning of the 20th century, and several permanent communities were then established. Now, as of 2023, there was an estimated population of 2,500 people. So once again, that is Svalbard under the sovereignty of Norway. Moving on to question number four. Which international organization consists of 54 member states, most of which are former territories of the British Empire, and promotes cooperation on various political, economic, and social issues? that international organization is called the Commonwealth of Nations. The Commonwealth of Nations, often simply referred to as the Commonwealth, is an international association of 56 member states, the vast majority of which are former territories of the British Empire. The chief institutions of the organization are the Commonwealth Secretariat, which focuses on intergovernmental aspects and the Commonwealth Foundation, which focuses on non-governmental relations among member states. Some of the countries in the Commonwealth of Nations include Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Canada, Gambia, Mozambique, and India, among many others. Moving on to question number five. What was the first state of the United States? That very first state was Delaware. Now, let's define a state here. A state of the United States is one of the 50 constituent entities that shares its sovereignty with the federal government. The first 13 states became states in July 1776 upon agreeing to the United States Declaration of Independence, and each joined the first Union of States between 1777 and 1781 upon ratifying the Articles of Confederation, its first constitution. The first state to do so was, of course, Delaware, and interestingly, and perhaps this could be a good trivia question in itself, the last state was Hawaii, all the way in 1959. Now, a fun fact 
which I actually did not know, Kentucky, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and Virginia, they actually do not use the term state. They use the term commonwealth rather than state in their full official names. So kind of a tie back to that question number four of the Commonwealth of Nations. Well, there are in fact four states in the United States that use the Commonwealth word. But one state was of course the first, and that was Delaware. Moving on to question number six. Which historical astronomer is called out in the famous Queen song, Bohemian Rhapsody? And that famous astronomer was, of course, Galileo. Bohemian Rhapsody is a song by the British rock band Queen, released as the lead single from their fourth album, A Night at the Opera, in 1975. Written by lead singer Freddie Mercury, the song is a six-minute suite, notable for its lack of refraining chorus and consisting of several sections, an intro, a ballad segment, an operatic passage, a hard rock part, and a reflective coda. Although critical reaction was initially mixed, retrospective reviews have acclaimed that Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the greatest songs of all time and is often regarded as the band's signature song. Now, the lead singer, Freddie Mercury, had supposedly written Galileo into the lyrics in honor of May, the guitar player, who had a passionate interest in astronomy and would later go on to earn a PhD in astrophysics. So that part of the song, perhaps you might remember, and I'll sing it. I'll sing it for you. Okay, that that might be a nice thing for me to do. That's the part of the song that goes, Galileo, 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 Piccolo. Do you remember that part? Well, if you don't, I encourage you to look it up because, of course, they sing it much better than I do. Moving on to question number seven. Which European country is known for being the birthplace of famous composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? And that country is Austria. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was born on the 27th of January, 1756, to Leopold Mozart and Anna Marie at Getredegasse 9 in Salzburg. Salzburg was the capital at the time of the Archbishopric of Salzburg, an ecclesiastic principality of the Holy Roman Empire, which is in today Austria. He was actually the youngest of seven children, five of whom died in infancy. Mozart is widely regarded as among the greatest composers in the history of Western music, with his music admired for its, quote, melodic beauty, its formal elegance, and its richness of harmony and texture, end quote. Now, I personally lived in Salzburg for a time. I have been to, uh, been to Mozart's Geburtsplatz, the home of Mozart where he was born, um, it's it's an unremarkable house, I will say, but the city is absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's also famous for the sound of music. So anybody who wants to go to the mountains in a quaint little European city, I cannot recommend Salzburg enough. And you'll even get to go visit the birthplace of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Question number eight. 
what is the name of the architecture and underlying technology that powers ChatGPT and allows it to generate human-like text responses by predicting the next word in a sequence based on the input it receives? Now this one's a tough one. The answer here is transformer models. ChatGPT is based on the GPT, that's Generative Pre-trained Transformer Architecture, specifically GPT-4. Transformer models have become a cornerstone of many natural language processing tasks. Transformers use a mechanism called attention to weigh the influence of different words when generating a response. For instance, while generating a response to the sentence, the cat chased its tail, the model would understand that cat in this sentence is the subject and is more important than the tail. The GPT architecture extends on the transformers with a focus on generating coherent and contextually accurate text. So once again, that architecture, that underlying technology is called transformer models. Moving on to question number nine. Which ancient Indian epic, traditionally attributed to the sage Valmiki, tells the story of the Prince Rama and his quest to rescue his wife Sita from the demon king Ravana? And that, and that epic is called the Ramayana. The Ramayana is an ancient Sanskrit epic which follows Prince Rama's quest to rescue his beloved wife Sita from the clutches of Ravana with the help of an army of monkeys. It is traditionally attributed to the authorship of the sage Valmiki and dated to around 500 BC to maybe 100 BC. Now, I was curious about this and did some digging specifically on the army of monkeys. When I read that, of course, I had to learn more. So here's what I found out. The monkeys, the army of monkeys, are called Vanaras. The Vanaras in Hinduism were created by Brahma to help Rama in battle against Ravana. The monkeys are powerful and have many godlike traits. As described in the epic, the characteristics of the Vanara include being amusing, childish, mildly irritating, badgering, hyperactive, adventurous, bluntly honest, loyal, courageous, and kind. I can't help but think of the, the horde of flying monkeys in Wizard of Oz when I think of this, although I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it doesn't do it quite justice. So once again, that ancient epic is called the Ramayana. Moving on to our last question of the day, question number 10. What ancient Mesoamerican civilization known for its pyramids, temples, and advanced mathematical and astronomical knowledge thrived in central Mexico. And the answer there is Maya. The Maya civilization was a Mesoamerican civilization that existed from antiquity to the early modern period. 
It is known by its ancient temples and glyphs, and the Maya script is the most sophisticated and highly developed writing system in the pre-Columbia Americas. The civilization is also noted for its architecture, mathematics, calendar, and astronomical system. Now, I personally am not a big fan of bucket lists per se, but I do have on my bucket list to go down there and see some of those pyramids, some of the temples, and the ruins of the Maya civilization. So, that's on my list, and I hope to someday go see it. Now, that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be a bit too simple, well, check in tomorrow on Friday. It's going to be the hardest day of the week. If, however, you found this episode to be a bit too challenging for your taste, I encourage you to check in tomorrow anyway. You might find yourself uh, actually smarter than you think you are. I want to thank you all again for listening to My Daily Trivia. Please tell your friends, tell your family about our show. We're always trying to grow the community here at My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.